Hello and welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosofsky here with my favorite critic, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Good. So today we're going to talk about new releases because as we inch towards Christmas, the Christmas season, the holiday season, that's when the movies come out. And there's a lot of them coming out at the end of November. So... Shall we start with uh, something we've both seen in common? Okay, which one's that? <laughs> that would, you know, it's funny. We we decided to do this, and we haven't checked <laughs> with the other. Oh well, we, we watched so many things, so it's true. Well, I know I've seen Waves. I know you've seen Waves. Yes. Okay, so let's start with Waves. It uh, opens tomorrow in Toronto, and then in theaters across Canada on December sixth. So Waves is, uh, it traces the, the journey of a suburban African-American family. Um, the father is very well-intentioned. Um, however, he pushes uh, very hard, especially his son. He has a son and a daughter, and his wife is the stepmother of the children. The, the, the mom died. So he's, he really pushes his son, who's very active in uh, sports and wrestling especially. Um, but they do a lot of weightlifting together. Anyway, so the dad loves it. And the dad, um, like I keep saying, you know, he's very, very pushy. Um, so they navigate a lot of different things that happen. Um, but there's like one course of, you know, one I don't even know how to say whether yeah, I'm giving it's, it away. It's one where you, you can't give too much away, but there's pressure builds up and then it explodes in a way that is unexpected. And, and everyone then, has to grapple with that's the explosion. Right. That's, that's right. the best way to say it while keeping it still mysterious. That's right. Um, and I, I, I was fascinated. Like, it's, it's basically what you call a bifurcated structure which is, it's like a two-part structure. Mm -hmm. There's that driving force that you're, you're on from the beginning. And that's, that's um, it's very hard, hard going and driven and, and it's really propelled by fa a fast pace, a lot of like fast paced editing, um, a lot of testosterone, I have to say, because there's a lot of imagery, a lot of, a lot of focus on the son and the father and, you know, and, the sports and the activities and stuff like that. So, it, you know, it, and it's very emotional in a way because it's also driven by music structurally. There's a lot of times where the music is propelling the action almost. Um, and the director does a really interesting thing, which is that he will often, you know, sort of have a piece of music drive the, the narrative and then he stops what happens like within he stops a passage and goes off into light and music, mm -hmm. right? So he's kind of like pushing forward, pushing forward, but he stops. And it's it's almost like it doesn't fade to black. It fades to – like it goes to color. And then – so it's like it's got these accentuated rhythms in it, you know? And it's uh, – until the, you know, the final moment – when things come to a head in a certain way, and then the structure changes. That's what I mean by bifurcated. Yeah. It's like two, two, two parts. The structure changes completely because then the focus is on the daughter and the family dealing with what happens. 
So, and that it slows down, everything's, you know, the pacing is different, and the logic of the narrative is different. And in some ways, I really had a hard time in the second part when it first got there. I really, really had a hard time. And then as I got into the second part and saw how things were being portrayed, she gets a boyfriend. She didn't have a boyfriend in the first part. The son had a girlfriend. And uh, and there's one thing that changes. Um, the family dynamic obviously changes. But one thing changes in the, in the way you focus on the daughter is her relationship is a different relationship than her brother had with his mm-hmm. his love of his life, right? Yeah. Um, so th- I think there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting film. It's a film that I enjoy. Um, critics have gone nuts for this film, and I feel like it's a little overzealous. Some I of the, think it the, absolutely the is. I do. Um, I, I have problems. And I think p- part of it is because it's in a it's an emotionally gripping film. But I think for me, what I really enjoy about it, a lot of it happens in the first half. Because similar to you, the second half I found very tough to get in not to not just because of the the slower pacing but in many ways you're watching the same beats play out again but from the sister's perspective and obviously things are now altered so there were certain things that i was kind of expecting to happen in the second half because the structure again is following the first that just randomly decides not to go that way and then other times it gets back on that same mm-hmm. same path so it's it's an emotionally exhausting film, mm-hmm. um, and and I say that in a good way. Like that's, I do think it's um, really strong. That way, the performances are great. I just don't think it's as great as everyone is saying it is. Absolutely, and don't. that's not a, a knock I on it. Don't. Um, and I, I will say that there has also been a lot of interesting discussion about um, race in the film because the, the central family is a black family; they're an afflu- affluent family, but how certain things happen and you, you use music as as a interesting um, observation because the first half of the music is very hip-hop heavy it's it's very much um what a lot of directors do and in this case um we have a, a white director telling this story when they want to show kids being teenagers being wild and just a little reckless having fun they always go to hip-hop it's something you see a lot in like Seth Rogen films, yeah, um, yeah. when the ki- you know teens or kids behaving bad. It's hip hop, hip hop, and then the second half when things are more somber, more introspective, more thought provoking. Then you get the the indie music. You yeah, know? like there's I know. there's certain things, and I know during TIFF, I when I when I saw this film at TIFF, there was I found myself in a lot of conversations with um, film critics of color and just even a few just regular film views of color, and it was interesting to get people's perspectives because amongst those groups of people the film was really kind of divided down the middle mm-hmm. there are those of us who enjoyed it and then those who thought the the racial um, dynamics and how certain events are portrayed and you know certain tropes were a little too conventional you know especially when you're in the first half with the men and the testosterone and stuff and so it's it, it's a film that opens up a lot of interesting discussion. And I, I would say um, go see the film. And then one art, one review to read is um, Sarah Ty Black's review in mm-hmm. the Globe and Mail. I, I didn't was, read that, no. 
Very fascinating. And a lot of her review focused on um, the idea of, of white directors using um, tropes of of black youth in in the way how Waves does. Mm-hmm. And, right, and how she had issues with it. But it's a very thought-provoking review. Yeah. And as I said, just based on the discussions I've had, there's a lot of things that you can discuss with this film. So, How did you feel about it? Uh, I again, I like the film. I I did have a few issues with um, some of the portrayals, especially what happens with the explosion and the lead up. I felt like again we're seeing yet another. Even though it's an affluent family, they're falling into certain portrayals, and then especially when we follow the second half with the sister, I thought that her boyfriend was going to follow a similar path, right? Because there's a there's a lot of really interesting. Um, aspects of masculinity and yeah. and especially young boys and or sorry young teenagers not being taught how to control emotions how to have emotions oh, it's a yeah. very testosterone so I, I based on how the second half plays out and how it's almost like note for note um, kind of comparison to the first I thought that the sister's boyfriend um, played by Lucas Hedges would be a certain a white way. guy, by the way. Yes, and uh, he, I thought he'd be a certain way, but he's the complete opposite, you know. And then how I, did you feel about that? And it kind of irked me a little bit. <laughs> of course, I because I was totally like, oh, this, this feels kind of weird. And as I said, that's when I started noticing the music too, right? And how if you listen to this type of music, you're going to get this type of experience mm-hmm. and this type of so. But even with those things, I still found it a really interesting, emotionally whirlwind of a film. It, it is a whirlwind so of a film. I, I do, I do like waves. Uh, I just don't love it like everyone else seems to. No, like, I had, I really, it, it irked me when oh, I okay. came out of the theater. I was like, "This is rubbing me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong." And it started in that second half. But it, it actually, if if I'm if I look back on my experience of watching it, I really had a problem. I love Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Mm-hmm. Brown plays the dad. And yes, he can be a bad guy. He can be whatever, what, whatever he wants. He's just brilliant to watch on the screen. I just enjoy this artist's work, you know. Um, but if, if, you're going to ha- if you're going to have an affluent, I didn't know the director was white. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have, I was really confused because I thought if you're going to have an affluent black family and you're going to go through issues of pressure, pressure to be like the best pressure, um, like lines. The, this is an actual quote from the film. We have to be better. Yes. Right. If you're going to say things like that is. A, See, that part that, didn't bother me. That is so it's like, OK, guys, stop it. That, that part because that did is not kind of me, stereotypical. Yeah. And then I found out it was a white director and I thought, well, of course it was. Yeah. Of course it was. Which is funny because that's the the one aspect of the film that didn't bother me because that is something that I've been told my life. Okay, and but it, with and that kind of testosterone? No, no, not I mean, with the, the testosterone. Because the literally yeah. pumping iron and, you know, like, we have to be bad. And it's like, it would be fine if it was a different context, but it's like... We've got hip hop music playing. We've got like like major muscles going and wrestling, and it's like you know, it's, no, no, yeah, no, no, like the, yeah. the whole all the pieces when you put them together, it's like there are wrong notes that you keep hitting. Yeah, I see. I see film. your your point there. I, I still take that particular line and scene more from know, the cultural respect, from the cultural know, aspect, you know but totally, I, I do it. I do agree that the the amount of pressure that's put on. Um, 
the the main character in question mm-hmm. um, it's over the top to, to a certain extent and again I feel like they did that so they can hit on the point of like how we're applying pressure to the youth to be the best but not really teaching them about emotion and death I, but then the know, sister finds all that out on her own through like it's a lot of interesting things it's, it's a film you can have a lot of interesting wait, 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 discussions wait. on just, just let me just let me say like because i didn't express it properly like i i just felt like that that kind of sentiment i think that kind of sentiment is important mm-hmm. i just don't think that you treat it like that like it's just a note you hit it's like yes yeah. you know you, you hit that and you expect everybody to just like respond in a certain way and then you move on it's like you have to be so careful with that yeah i because feel because it is it is true i feel that it's a pressure um People of color will get that note, but like as you said, to throw it in but for, the, for who, a lot of people, they're not going to get that note. No, they're, but yeah. but someone who is like um, sympathetic, mm-hmm. someone who is empathetic, you know, and and yeah, I'm white, and I'm but I'm empathetic and I'm sympathetic, and that's why it's like you hit that note, but it's so stereotypical. You've yeah, got to be you, so you've careful. Really Cultivate it a lot. And more then I found out it's a white guy, and I thought, well, that's why it was just so mm-hmm. clunky. That's It was yeah. clunky. You know, the, a black director would have treated that with much more respect. Yeah, and I think the, the second half would have been done differently. And I really had a problem because the second half, the, the next um, um, – the next symbol of masculinity that we have is the white boyfriend who is the exact opposite. And I walk away from the the film, you know, scratching my head, you know, thinking this was a really – it was a really interesting portrayal of a young man under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And then somehow that gets blown away because the white guy is nicer at the end. Yeah. It's a very you know it's and yeah. that's not giving things away. Like, no, it's just no, like no. They're there's, treated there's a different. lot in this film, and it's that, very confused. It's very very confused. I found, mm-hmm. but the, it's the performances that save it. Yeah, I think. And there's some like aspects like you know what I was saying about the filmmaking. You know, like the structure and the the driving rhythms and stuff. Some aspects of that save it. You yeah, know, as a film. Yeah, but uh, it's the performances very, are, are strong, and and for me, I think. The first half is so emotionally raw and, you know, even with the quibbles that um, we have, it's that first half is just by time the second half hits, you're you're just exhausted. You're emotionally Mm -hmm. drained. And then you see the second half and you're like, oh, I kind of wish I was back in the first half. Yeah, (laughs) But you know know. what? Eventually it occurred to me. I'm glad that there's something like this going on because with that kind of ending. You have to do something different. You mm-hmm. have to. Otherwise, you are totally doing a disservice to that ending. Yeah. I mean, to the ending of the first part. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, again, it's a film where you're going to have lots to talk about. It's, I, I hope I, people do talk because I think this is the type of film people should talk mm-hmm. about. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to be quiet now. And ask you what else you saw. <laughs> uh, waves. Okay, that was Waves. Yes, well, uh, I've seen a few things that are coming up. But I'll, since we're talking about Sterling K. Brown and representation, I'm going to jump to Frozen 2, which is not <laughs> your, your usual jump. segue. But Sterling K. Brown does have a role in um, the, the d- sequel to that film that had kids everywhere singing Let It Go and 
Oh, job being parents. Uh, <laughs> parents and people um, who just know kids. Yes, well, <laughs> like me. Elsa and, and Anna are back, um, and they're they're living. Do they have a better song this time? Uh, there's actually two. I I would say yes. There's there's two really. Let it go drove me nuts. Well, I mean, when you hear "Let It Go" a no, million no. times, well, but I, "Let It Go" the first time drove me nuts. Oh, okay. Well, I <laughs> I'm not a fan. I will say that I thought the first Frozen film was was okay. Um, I. Didn't love it, didn't hate it. I enjoy the second one about the same. It's it's fine. It's entertaining. Um, kids will love it. I think the songs are better. It's in this one you have everyone's living happily in Arendelle, and then um, Elsa starts hearing these weird siren calls that only she can hear, and she's b- basically being pulled to go out into the world and, and find this mythical forest that her parents once told her about. So, of course, her sister Anna is not going to let her go on her own. And everyone, Olaf, the snowman, Sven, the reindeer, Kristoff, Anna's, I guess, soon-to-be um, betrothed because he wants to propose to her. Wait a minute. I thought there was going to be a lesbian no. love story here. Listen, they, the Internet has many, many rumors, but Disney has different plans. So oh, that was wishful thinking on my part. Yes, I so want a different there's still there's still a lot of female empowerment going on in the film, but they venture off to find this mythical forest, and once they get there, they start to discover things about um, their past and essentially where Elsa got her frozen power from, and it's a really interesting film. There's a lot of um, action sequences going on and. One of the things that struck me about this film is there's a part where it starts, uh, they come across um, an indigenous community. And you really get, um, I guess, themes and discussions about uh, colonialism and the impact on the environment. Again, it's put through a Disney filter. So it reminds. But at least they approached it? Yeah, they they approached it. And, um, what did they have some respect besides. Just approaching? Yeah, no, I think they, they they had respect. And from from what I've read, Disney got, um, I guess, this sign-off from a particular um, indigenous community that I think that they borrowed heavily from. And But again, they, they do it as best as Disney can. So I think there's going to be a lot of interesting think pieces written about this film because it's about kind of addressing the past and not being afraid to address the past. And also how a lot of people don't want to address the past because they're afraid um, afraid of change, mm, you know. And it, and it's and it's yeah. very timely for this this era that we live in. And the, the film wants to say that you can have change while still keeping certain institutions intact. Um, ah, very interesting. Which is interesting. I don't know if it fully works. Okay. But it's still. I was still, you know, happy that they had the the snowballs to uh to to broach this <laughs> very well put well no i was thinking of something else but um, i know you were <laughs> but that's just you know like i give them credit for at least attempting to have to start this discussion and it reminded me a lot of zootopia which i don't know if you've seen but zootopia I've, is a film that i've seen parts of it I really like Zootopia. It's a I film want to see it because that, the parts I've seen look absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it tackles race and like it basically it's an introductory for kids into racism and how, you know, being prejudiced of someone 
based off of their appearance or what you've heard about them um, is a bad thing. So, and I, I think Zootopia, because the entire film is based around that, works better than Frozen does because Frozen wants to have these socially conscious moments while still being frozen, like have their the big song numbers and a few goofy yeah. humor and something. Being a kids movie. Being a kids movie, right? So yeah. it kind of walks that fine line because Frozen's like a billion dollar franchise. So. Yeah. Thing, but for for what it is, Frozen, it, it's it's fine. I mean, it kid your kids will love it. You, the songs are enjoyable. You know, it's not it's not my favorite of the, the Disney films of recent years, but it's it's, so it's, it's not, solid. Not a great time for the parents. Well, I, I have to take my kids to see it this weekend, so I'll be seeing it again. So it's <laughs> one that I'm like I could sit through that again. You know? Okay, cool. Well, that's a good sign. Um, did you see Varda by Agnes? Not yet. Oh, I, wa- I wanted well, to, but okay. I could not fit it in. Okay, well, let, let's see what else you've seen because that one is actually coming out next week, and I'm going to talk about it. Okay, um, well, uh, I think the only one I had on my list was uh, Marriage Story. Oh yeah. So Marriage Story is the new film by Noah Baumbach, and I believe it's coming out this week. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and it's going to get a, a week run, I think, at the TIFF Bell Lightbox, and then it hits Netflix. Um, but it, I hear it's a, it's a big screen movie. It's definitely a must see. It's a must see. I don't, you know. I, I, I always I always say see things on the big screen if you can because mm-hmm. um, that's where I saw it and it was it was great but it's one of those that's more of a, a character study and it's a, similar to how we're talking about waves being about emotions mm-hmm. marriage story it puts you through the emotional ringer it's it's about a couple played by Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson who after I don't know maybe a decade or so of of marriage things start to go awry. And um, Scarlett Johansson's character files for divorce. So she moves back to L.A. to work on this um, TV pilot because she's an actress. He's a famous playwright. And for the last, I don't know, six or seven years, she's still been acting, but mostly in his plays. All right. So it, she, she's received a certain level of fame, but it's still under under his, under his yeah, um, yeah. umbrella. So yeah. when she goes to do this pilot... He thinks it's just like a temporary thing, but then she's like, no, I actually want to stay, move in L.A., and realizes it's time for a divorce. And as with all divorces, you know, it starts off, okay, well, we can work through this and be amicable, and then they get lawyers involved, and all hell breaks loose. And there's a child, right? There's There's a child between them. So she wants to live in L.A. He's got his comfortable life in New York. He's got a new grant, which he can fund his plays for like the next five years. And things get really ugly. And yeah. it's a film that if you've been divorced, if you know anyone who's been divorced, you will see aspects of that on screen. And like I, I was watching it and I was picking up certain friends, certain families. It's like that was, you know, because oh, wow. like it, I think Noah Baumbach wrote this while he was going through the bitter divorce with Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, so, okay. and I think if, if I read correctly, Scarlett Johansson, when she signed on, was also going through a divorce of her own. So I think they were just able to help make that material as authentic as possible. And, and Adam Driver, no marriage, no nothing. Well, so. but he's just a phenomenal actor. So, he is, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you've got your, your powerful monologues, but just there's a lot of really great emotion in this film. And then you've got Laura Dern playing her lawyer. You know, and Alan Alda is one of the lawyers, and then I think it's Ray Liotta, if I remember correctly, comes in as 
as a second lawyer, and he's the more cutthroat. And Alan Alda, of course, he is. Yeah, but it all <laughs> it's Ray it all works. So by the the end of the film, your you know your jaws on the floor, like you've just you feel like you've just gone through a divorce, you know, and you you realize that people will move on. There will be life after divorce, mm-hmm. but there's a there's that period when you're in it that you just think it's you know. So it has a way of drawing you completely into their lives. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I think mean, that's a performances. It's a performance and both everything. Yeah, it's a performance because you don't really get that much time with them as a happy couple. You know, you mm-hmm. just like you kind of you get the idea of how their dynamics are, and then you're just thrown into the divorce proceedings. And you, as I guess, because the divorce proceedings build slowly in terms of getting uglier and uglier and uglier, and then you start they have a child involved, so that you got child services trying to determine. You know how the wow. how they each are with the children, and how they can divide up who spends how much time with the kids, and all very of those meticulous, right? very meticulous. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a great film. Wow, oh my God! So yeah, if if you miss it in the theaters, you know, see it on the big screen. But if you miss it, it will be on Netflix. Okay, well, I'm going to end off the show then. If you've got nothing else, I'm going to end off the show with something life affirming, uplifting. Even though it's the final film by Agnes Varda, the beloved filmmaker um, who precluded the French New Wave. I mm. mean, she lived to 90. I don't know exact the exact age. Um, but she made this film. And it's her own retrospective of her own film, film career, right? It's like an introduction to her films. It's a, It's like an overview of her films. But more importantly... It's her speaking to us, to the audience, to anyone who will listen, giving sort of an overview of her, her, her view of life, her Mm -hmm. vision, her, her raison d'etre, you know, her, the way that she just operated as a person. It's, you know, as a filmmaker, but then you can see that that comes from the type of person she was. There's this magnanimous, generous spirit that I think only came out, like, you know, when she was in front of the camera, like when we saw the film she made with um, with J.R. Oh, Faces, Places. Faces, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. So we saw her on camera there and... Now we get the benefit of her. And it's, it looks like it's been shot. Like she actually sits down in front of an audience and then there she is. That's how it starts. And we get this, you know, she's, she's there. She's facing us on screen. And then it, it travels, you know, it shows clips. It shows different audience shots in different audiences. And all of that, tent, like it, it's got this way of sucking you, sucking you in, even though you know you've just moved places. Mm-hmm. Um. But she, her, it's her. It's her generosity and the way she organized the film. It's very, very subtle the way she does it. And you, you're going to think, oh, well, yeah, she's just going over films. She's just doing a lecture. And no, 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 no. There's a lot more to it than that. It's a lot more subtle, which is why I can give it the best compliment I've ever heard about a film, which is you have to see it. You yeah. have to see it. You can't describe this film. I can describe things around the film you know, and tell you what I've just told you. But the best thing about the film is that it's really hard to describe. 
in words. Okay. <laughs> okay. What were you going to say? No, no. It, it sparked another film that's opening this weekend that I okay. that I did see. Okay. But when but, you're okay, when let you're me out. let me just close that off. So Varda by Agnes, uh, I would call this you know a definite must see uh, for anyone who loves cinema, anyone who's interested in cinema. I mean, she she has the pretext of telling young filmmakers, like young filmmakers in the audience, you know, this if you're going to approach filmmaking, this is what you do. But actually. That reverberates, it, you know, in in much bigger ways mm-hmm. because it, it 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 has it's a view of life, really. It's a view of cinema. It's a view of life. It's it's like a way of looking, just looking. And when she talks about image creation, it's a way to to focus our attention, not just the filmmakers, the the wannabe filmmakers, the up and coming filmmakers. It's a way of focusing our attention, not just on what we see in photographs and in moving image image art, but uh, it's more. You know, I'm, it sounds kind of flighty. I know, but it's like it's it's kind of like a philosophy of life. Yeah, and uh, her films are always intriguing. They're always thought provoking, and I find. At least the, the ones that I've seen, they always put you in a happy place. Yeah. You're yeah, thinking yeah. about life and then you walk away. You're like, oh, Agnes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I know. And even though she's talking in the film, she's like, oh, I'm 90 now. Like, first she was like, oh, I'm 80. And then I got worried about this. But then she, then she talks herself out of it. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, I'm 90 now. And even though at the very end of the film, you know, that was, that was it. Yep. Agnes is not going to speak to us anymore. At least not in the present. Um she le- yeah, I'm totally happy when I think of the film, when I think of her, when I think of that experience. And so keep an eye on, out for that one. It's opening next week, so next Friday, November 29th at the Tiff Bell Lightbox. And then it expands in other cities in December. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of? So when you were talking about a film that you kind of have to see in the plots, just, you know, it's difficult to explain because mm-hmm. you don't want to give stuff away. I was thinking of, and I forgot that it was coming out um, this weekend, Atlantique, which is a film oh, by right. um, actress, no, I guess this is, I think this is her first feature film, but it uh, is. actress turned director Maddie Diop. And it's a film that is opening at the Tiff Bell Lightbox. And this is another Netflix um, production. So I think it's going to be on Netflix in maybe uh, a week, maybe two weeks. And it's one that, I've been thinking a lot about since TIFF. And I saw it at TIFF too. Yeah. With with waves, it's funny because I enjoy waves, um, but I don't think about it as much. Whereas I find I've been thinking about Atlantics a lot more it's a recently. Totally different experience. Yeah, totally different experience, and it's a. How do I even describe this? It is a <laughs> science fiction romance set in Dakar, and it follows this young woman um ada as she fell in love with this this man who is struggling to find work the economy is really bad um similar to a lot of places around the world the owners of the company are stiffing the workers and a lot of these workers now are are basically having to flee by sea and you know kind of try and find work in other countries essentially become migrants so she's in love with this guy. He goes out to sea to find work. Doesn't come back. So as That's a classic tale. Classic tale. But. As things move on, um, she's, you know, supposed to now marry this other guy. And I think it's on their wedding night. Um, there's a big celebration at the house and their their bed is caught on fire. 
So they have to figure out who set the fire, and there's this police officer that isn't on the case to investigate. That's as much as I can tell yeah. you, because what happens is there's a lot of um, supernatural things yeah. that come into play. Yeah, I and was going to say, like, and sometimes it's almost like magic realism. Magic realism, and there's which a, is like the best when it's done right, and she does it. Oh, she knows. there's a there's a shot that I've been thinking about a lot that happens in the bar where a lot of the women are are waiting, you know, hoping the the men will return and. There's a shot of, I think, Ada sitting close to a mirror, and the reflection is not what you expect it to be. And it's, I don't know, for some reason that shot is just stuck in my head. Yeah, it's haunting. It's a very interesting film in terms of how it plays with the mysticism, supernaturalism, Mm -hmm. but also has a very hard-hitting commentary on um, the migrant experience and what's causing people to, to flee their homes, and also the corruption of capitalism yeah and that's that's the, the, the impact yeah. of it as well and then through all of that you've got this really captivating love story i know it's <laughs> it, she just there's so much really going on in this with film so many elements yeah. she balances things so well but it but it works yeah and absolutely it's it's again it's tough to describe but trust me just go see it exactly it's it's a magical film mm-hmm. and that's why it's tough to describe yep there's that magic of cinema in it so yeah, so th- there's a lot of options for, for this weekend. So yeah, go see them all and then and next, let us know. Don't forget about Agnes. Uh, yes, uh, Agnes, of course. You can't forget <laughs> about Agnes. <laughs> Never forget Varda by Agnes. Agnes Varda. Okay, that's it, right? That's it. Okay, so that's it for Frameline. Thanks everybody for listening.